Hi, I'm Vince Leo. I am the film critic for the website Quipster.net. Thank you for listening to the audio version of this review. Today I'm going to be reviewing Warcraft, which is a film that's getting a lot of divisive reaction out there among fans. Some critics, mostly critics, have been a little bit down on this film, but a lot of fans have championed it kind of in the way that John Carter tended to do back when it was released a few years ago. It's a fantasy action film. It's PG-13 rated because of extended sequences of intense fantasy violence, and the runtime is two hours and three minutes. The cast includes Travis Fimmel, Paula Patton, Ben Foster, Dominic Cooper, Ben Schnetzer, Toby Kebbell, Robert Kaczynski, Clancy Brown, and Daniel Wu. The director is Duncan Jones, and the screenplay is by Jones as well as Charles Levitt. Obviously, if you know your Warcraft, you know it's based on the massively popular franchise from Blizzard Entertainment. It started off back in the mid-90s as a PC game series, and then it branched out eventually to card games, tabletop games. You had novels and comics and manga. And as with many other video game properties, it doesn't really fare as well when translating it to the screen I think that's primarily because video games often borrow so heavily from existing film properties to get their look and their feel, and so there will always be comparisons to be made to other well-known movies when a video game is adapted, and that will make it, for many film critics and avid film buffs, feel very derivative regardless of how well that the movie ends up capturing the spirit of the original game. Maybe that's unfair, given that the first Warcraft game, uh, which was called Warcraft Orcs and Humans, that was released back in 1994, before many of the films that were made that will draw a lot of comparisons for many critics, who will probably state that Warcraft is a shameless ripoff of other properties. You know, for instance, Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy started in 2001, well after Warcraft had come out as a franchise on PC, James Cameron's Avatar didn't come out till 2009. And to some extent, uh, HBO's Game of Thrones just in recent years. So film critics often compare apples to apples. So they're not really, by and large, players of the video games. So all they have to draw upon as far as their experiences are from watching films or perhaps even television shows and saying, well, this is like that. Whether that's fair or not, I would be remiss in not mentioning that there might not be a Warcraft film on the big screen were it not for the recent success of these other fantasy properties that ends up reminding a lot of critics of. Now, as far as the storyline of the film, I'm reminded somewhat of my days as a student of classics, specifically the Iliad by Homer, because the storyline is told from the perspective of both parties that are involved in a war. We're introduced into this fantasy universe through the orcs side first. The orcs are a warlike race of strong brutes, whose livelihoods are on the verge of extinction from their homeland, and that forces them to find a new home by going through this magical portal that's been crafted by the orc mage named Gul'dan that's meant to connect them into another realm, this one called Azeroth, where humans live, and humans being at a point where they're living in relative peace and prosperity, at least in this land, in order to have the kind of magical energy necessary to bring all of the orcs through the temporary gateway instead of just the main warriors, Gul'dan is using this type of magic called Fel, which is dark and extinguishes life from those around him in order to fuel him as the wielder and to be able to give him the power to do this portal. 
it also has the side effect of furthering Gul'dan on the path toward more evil and more madness as he grows more powerful. And that means that once Gul'dan's on the other side, in order to get all of the orcs through, the humans are going to be the ones to be exterminated and used for their energy to give him the power necessary to keep that portal open. However, some of the orcs are recognizing that following a mad and power-hungry leader like Gul'dan also means going against their core beliefs as a race. So a faction of the battling orcs under the leadership of a noble soldier named Duratan are beginning to ally with the humans to try to put plans in place to stop Gul'dan from more acts of death and destruction. Meanwhile, on the human side, the Guardian, the mighty wizard known as Mediv, who's played by Ben Foster, is also utilizing the power of Fel in order to help protect his kingdom, though that also means that he too, like Gul'dan, will be seduced into darkness that will put the lives of everyone, and not just orcs in this case, in mortal jeopardy. There's more to the story than this, but I feel that if you haven't had any experience with Warcraft, either as a game or any of the novels, this won't mean much to you. And if you have, then it won't matter what I say here. I think that one of the most intriguing aspects for a film critic like me going into Warcraft is seeing that it's directed by Duncan Jones and also that it's co-written by him. He's a self-described fan of World of Warcraft on the PC, so that means that it's actually being done by somebody who has played the games. And as a filmmaker, he's come out quite strong out of the gate. He's made acclaimed films like Moon and had a commercial hit with Source Code with Jake Gyllenhaal. So pretty promising filmmaker there. This is by far Duncan Jones' most ambitious film to date in both its scope and its budget. But maybe it's a little too much for the thoughtful filmmaker to chew on at this point of his career, given not only that this is a film where he has to kowtow to his studio as well as his producers because they're putting a lot of money into this, $160 million, supposedly. And he also has to cater to a very rabid fan base who not only have played the game well, and they're very emphatic about it, they grew up on the game and are not shy about destroying any property in social media if it doesn't conform to their vision of how they think it should be done or if they even think it should be done at all. But, you know, $160 million budget, the money invested is pretty much there on the screen. Its use of green screen during much of the action is pretty obvious, but at least it's very eye-popping in that regard. There is a lot of candy here for the eyes. You have lush and very detailed landscapes. You have really well-rendered battles with a lot of CG participants that goes pretty smoothly. And it really does stand out when there's any form of magical spells that come into play. The use of magic here is really captivating. It also has a pretty interesting cast, but I don't think that any single one of the thespians is strong enough to carry the film. And that may mean, in some people's eyes, especially film critics, that they're going to be seen as mostly miscast because they're they're not very strong. I think that the one that does stand out is the beautiful but somewhat rangeless in terms of her acting ability. Paula Patton plays Garona, who is this half-orc who looks like, going into the Star Trek universe, an Orion slave girl who has toothpicks on either side of her mouth. Some people have stated that Garona is a half-orc and half-human, and I think specifically in this movie it states that this is really the first time that orcs and humans are encountering each other, so I'm not really sure on that regard. 
there must be some backstory that the film is not explaining or we're not going to get here. Perhaps this is one of the casualties of Duncan Jones having to winnow down his original film from its reported two and a half hour runtime down to two hours because I feel that there's a lot of backstory that's that should have been there that's not quite there. Maybe we'll get it on a Blu-ray release, hopefully if we're lucky. I think that where Warcraft ultimately fails, at least in what we see on the screen, is that it doesn't give enough gravitas to these characters or to these races that we're seeing fight for their complete survival. Duncan Jones should at least get some credit for trying to give us a few main players to concentrate on to follow in this battle. And, you know, they have a little bit of a backstory. There's some semblance of a story arc for them to follow. And there are even some deaths among a few of these main characters that may come as a genuine surprise for viewers who manage to be able to keep them apart. I had a hard time with it sometimes, especially the orcs. But I think that even with the deaths, there's this lack of emotional resonance during those death scenes that underlines the film's problems with the character development. There's just not enough time in Warcraft to shore up these characters before we put them into the meat of the matter, before we put them out into the battle, especially since we're limited to a two-hour film that has a ton of dense mythology to explain and a lot of major action set pieces to give us in terms of trying to get our money's worth and view this as a spectacle, a big screen spectacle release. This film is not without interesting elements, I will say that, but Warcraft is a case still of trying to condense an overloaded epic storyline into the course of a two-hour film and not providing the basic through line to get us through it with enough investment in at least one character to make it all compelling. George Lucas, who created the original Star Wars back in 1977, managed to do this with Episode 4, mostly because we were given Luke Skywalker's journey to follow, and we were introduced to his major battles for the galaxy through his eyes. So we had a vested interest in seeing where he went, and his perspectives on things came through all of his encounters with the various characters through the course of that. And the same could be said with Frodo through Middle-Earth in the first of the Lord of the Rings films uh, and books, The Fellowship of the Ring, not counting The Hobbit, I guess, in terms of books. But that doesn't happen with Warcraft, and I think that that's because it unloads too many characters on us all at once at the beginning of this film. Each of them have their own perspectives, we come to learn, but we're barely clued into them before they end up engaging into massive battle sequences, so we don't really have that vestment involved with any specific characters. Also, in comparing Warcraft to, say, Fellowship of the Ring or the original Star Wars film, it does lack a lot of the charm that is in both of those films, and there is not that kind of comical element to the stories that make those films enthralling for young and old alike. This one seems to be dead set, kind of like teenagers and maybe people who are familiar with this universe, and it's not going to have a lot of crossover appeal outside of that. Fans of the video game series may find that their familiarity with the mythos of that universe that they've played in to be pretty helpful in understanding what's the what going into this film. And those fans will likely have a better chance of enjoyment in being entertained by what Duncan Jones is trying to do for this big screen adaptation. People who are not familiar with World of Warcraft or any of the Warcraft games going into it will have a tougher time trying to absorb all of what it's going on in terms of the different races and the different factions and the different kinds of magic and what it all means and why it's all in here 
it's not unintelligible. Some people have compared it to Battlefield Earth and whatnot. I don't think it's that bad. But I do think that the ideas that have gone into the construction of Warcraft impede it from making it a good film eventually. The film also presumes that there is going to be a sequel, and that may actually happen given that the film, even though it's tanking, I guess, in some regards in the United States, it's enjoying pretty solid worldwide box office returns. In fact, just in China, in its first week of release, it nearly earned its $160 million production budget back just there. You know, maybe the the sequel to Warcraft will be done in Chinese instead of in English the next time because it's so popular in China and that and they're largely the reason why this is doing well worldwide. You know, regardless of whether it's in English or in Chinese, hopefully if there is a next chapter to this story, we'll have the kind of story arc that we need in order to invest us in this so-called world of Warcraft in the way that this one just doesn't, unfortunately. So... I'm giving Warcraft two and a half stars out of four. Two and a half stars on my scale means that I do think that it had all of the tools. It had all of the talent. You had a really good director here. You had a strong budget, a good visual pop. You have a franchise here that has a very deep mythology to it. And it doesn't quite work as a film going into it without having some investment in this world going into it. It needs... A little bit more, maybe it needed more time, maybe it needed more backstory, it needed that through line, that Luke Skywalker, that Frodo, or whoever that's going to carry us through, that we identify with, to introduce us to this entire new universe of characters and races, but this one raises more questions than it answers. I mean, we see dwarves in the film, there's no explanation for that whatsoever. I don't know what to make of it. Even though I do feel I kind of got the gist of it, you know, I was entertained by some of it. It was not unwatchable, but I felt that it doesn't quite come together the way that I think that it should. So two and a half stars is the best I could give Warcraft. So I'm sorry, Warcraft fans who are trying to champion this film. I'm with you somewhat, but not quite all the way. Uh, You know, it's not as bad as many critics say. I think that it could have been a better film still. Anyway, I do hope that you enjoyed this review and... If you do, I do encourage you to click the subscribe button. I deliver reviews on most major film releases as well as a lot of independent films and foreign films and movies that you can see on video on demand or even streaming services like Netflix or Amazon or even straight to television. So whatever I think is new and notable and worthy of letting my audience know about is what I'm going to talk about here on the Quipster Film Review Podcast. If you've been listening for a while and you want to support the show, The best way that you can do that is by leaving an iTunes review. Until next time, thanks everyone for listening. I hope that you enjoy your time anytime you get to go to the movies. If you want to write to me directly, if you have anything you want to say, if you want to shed some light on something I may have missed out on, you can do so by going to my website at quipster.net. That's Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. You can find my email information there as well as links to my Twitter feed and Facebook page. Bye, everyone. 